0: we'd never make it, but we finally came through. They said we'd never make it, and this podcast is made for you. Welcome back once again to Radio Brews News, and as ever, I'm joined by my good friend and colleague and executive producer, Pete Mitchum. How are you, Pete? Welcome back. Thanks,
1: Matt. Yeah, g'day. How are we? G'day, listeners.
0: Good to be back. Sorry. I can't sit in front of a microphone and say welcome back without, you know, Almost, uh, you know, falling into the Richie Benno voice. <laughs>
1: That's good. That's pretty good.
0: Welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do the accents and uh, you can be the uh, colour man, I'll be the straight man. I don't do uh, accents or impressions.
1: But you are wearing uh, now, are you wearing the beige suit, the bone suit or the off-white suit today,
0: Matt? I'm wearing uh, off-white today, yeah. uh, yes. Uh, it, actually, it's a very steamy day, in very tropical day in Brisbane today. So uh, I'm living up to the... Uh, site's alter ego, and uh, it literally is some guy in his underpants.com, although the listeners are probably uh, glad at the moment that they're not viewers.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I'll, uh, forward slash look away now.
0: Yeah, exactly, so it's a, it's a podcast, not a video cast cast. uh someone say um, Frozen Beer Reviews. Uh,
1: frozen Summers, can I give him a shout out? You can give him a shout out, yes, Dan, yes. Dan, g'day Dan, Dan Summers from um, Frozen Beer Reviews. Uh, which is a very good podcast series, and I did mean a little while ago to give him a shout-out. I think it was back in, if you look back in his, through iTunes, find his um, podcast, around about episode 10, I think it was, and he did a really good piece on, you know, where to find uh, resources, so where to find sort of information, and uh, he gave us a very nice wrap. although it went along the lines of, and one of the best ones going around is uh, Radio Brews News with the, um with 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 matt and that and uh what, what do you mean and that? The editor-in-chief of the critics choice australia's best beers co-contributor to um beer lover's guide to australia executive producer of radio brews news and that's just the things i do and all around good guy. exactly that's just the stuff i do in my spare time and and i get matt and matt <laughs> so dan consider yourself named and shamed on the air regularly
0: and, uh, and anyone that likes a, a good podcast, um, and obviously by listening to this, uh, you like podcasts, uh, whether it's a good one or not, I'll leave that to you. But anyone who likes podcasts, uh, it's worth heading on over to iTunes and checking out Dan as well for a, uh, another view about good Australian beer. Yeah,
1: and his are a lot shorter, so if you don't have the time to sit and listen to us people and waffle on, um, get on to dance, because they're bang, in and out. And you also get uh, a little bit of, you know, some some funky lead guitar riffs and, and stuff that he throws in himself, just as a bonus.
0: Whereas we just have funky ukulele and cowbells. Hey,
1: it's amazing how much mileage you can get out of one song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Uh, now, Let It Be was apparently one of the most, they say that Let It Be, I think, is the Beatles song that's most covered internationally, but we have a mine of uh, Roll Out the Barrel to uh, to dig yet, so uh, I reckon it could easily be one of the most covered songs ever.
1: Hey, we've got a uh, good guest on today.
0: Who have we got? We've
1: got Corey Crooks, who is the licensee of uh, the Albion Hotel up in Newcastle. Sorry, Newcastle. I've just got to get my pen and put an R in
0: Newcastle.
1: Done and a very good beer bloke and looking forward to speaking to him uh we've spoken to quite a few brewers we've spoken to importers, we've spoken to beer professors and beer mythologists or beer historians um and we thought it'd be good to sort of not turn the tables but to step over jump over the other side of the bar and and see what the excitement um is like from uh from the, the licensees point of view from the operator's point of view they're the ones who get to throw the doors open yeah. and watch watch those people come in and, and try the new stuff. And I think it'd be good for our listeners too to, to sort of, um, I, I guess, have a bit of a... Not an appreciation for what they go through in terms of, you know, being able to run a profitable business, but just just what's involved.
0: Well, how about we uh, we, we stop you and I just sort of gas-bagging and uh, we, we get Corey on? Let's get him on. And, yes, we're joined by Corey Crooks, the publican of the Albion Hotel, Newcastle. Now, uh Before we get started, Corey, is it Newcastle or Newcastle? Newcastle. Prof has already had a crack at that. Newcastle, okay, no worries. And uh, Corey, welcome to Radio Brews News. Thank
2: you, good
0: to be there. Tell us a little bit, Newcastle, hardly a uh, recognised craft beer destination or it doesn't feature in too many uh, world guides to beer, yet it's really starting to carve out a little bit of a uh, a niche in the craft beer world. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background first, and uh, how you came to be at the Albion Hotel.
2: Yeah, look, I'm uh, basically growing up in hotels. Uh, the fifth generation, of my family to be involved in hotels, so you'd say it's in the blood. Um, been at the Albion now, just uh, approaching three years. Um, basically, been involved in the in the liquor industry my entire life. I did have. Um, a bit of a, you could almost call it a holiday, and, and went to the, the other side of uh, the liquor industry and was involved in some sales, which was good fun. But, um, yeah, I think I must have missed working 70 or 80 hours a week and decided to, to, to come back to, uh, to the pub game. So, uh, yeah, found myself here. Got involved with the Albion Hotel, which I've seen plenty of potential in. And right from the get-go, we're focused on trying to, Basically, uh, yeah, Newcastle is a competitive market, but there is also uh, in like like uh, most metropolitan areas, there's uh, a lot of uh, things that someone does and someone else does it on a different day. So we were looking for a little bit of point of difference, a little bit of a niche market. Um, I've yeah, I've probably whatever you want to say fortunate or for however you want to perceive it, but I've never been one who's drank mainstream beer. I've um, you know, my oldest son's name's Cooper, and that's uh, not a coincidence, but uh, that was probably as mainstream as I got. So, I'll, personally, just and that's not by trying to be someone who is out there waving a flag, but just personal when it comes down to taste, really. I, mainstream beers never did it for me, and right from um, yeah, as as growing up on, you know, 20 years ago when I started drinking beer, it was uh, for me it was Coopers Green, which was something that a lot of people sort of turn their se- head inside out and think, you know, how do you drink that stuff? But um, so it was always, uh, even in my times with um, in sales, the, the passion's always been there to uh, looking into uh, Australian craft beer, which when you go back that far was almost non-existent. But um, you know, always trying and sampling different international international beers, and um, yeah, it's certainly been uh, a focus for us here is, is taking that, and that obviously was uh, with, a, with having a passion for it was something that. Became quite easy to be the the focus point for our little bit of uh, points of difference for what we're doing. So, and uh, ultimately, it's yeah, it's worked really well for us.
0: Now you've been at the Albion for three and a half years, you said. Uh, Um, Yeah, three years. Three years. So, when you took it over, tell us a little bit about how the taps
2: looked. Look, um, yeah, it was was all mainstream, Um, and with the exception of of Coopers, but uh, to be honest. I think uh, that's probably something that people expect to see, um, to see on tap these days. And you know, as we sit right today, um, Cooper's has probably become a little bit too mainstream for what for we're offering. We don't currently have Cooper's Pale on tap, but, uh, it was two years new, and two years new was, you know, just under 85% of our draft beer volume here. It was two years old, it was, you know, it was X Gold, it was BB, it was Carlton Draft, and it was, um, you know, all the, all the usual suspects that you see at uh, most pubs so um it, it wasn't something yes it was something that i had a, a plan to do but i couldn't come in here and and pretty much just tip that upside down and say hey we're you know sorry all those all those uh, all those brands we no longer range them we're, we're doing um this it wouldn't work if you i think it was something then that's taken us that time to basically get to where we're at and we're um yeah, we're looking to uh, host a, a funeral here very soon for our last mainstream tap, which is Tui's New. And how,
0: tell, tell us, well, make sure uh, to let us know so we can wear a black armband. And put a um, notice in the paper. <laughs> and put a notice. Um, how do you go from, I mean, again, you know, I don't want to sound like a... Uh, you know, a, a, a Brizzo or anything like that. But, you know, Newcastle's a pretty lively town on a Friday, Saturday night. Um, the, the, the the pubs can be a little bit interesting. How do you go from taking a hotel from, you know, being fully mainstream to, you know, last year when, uh, during the uh, Newcastle Beer Week, you had, you know, uh, fle- sour Flemish beers on and they and, and you went through kegs of it? Yeah,
2: it's been a gradual thing, Matt. It's been a, um, you know, we've probably... Uh, the important part of I can't do all this on my own you know I've got a, a team around me and, and it's been when, we, when I made the decision to, to do what we we're doing it became a prerequisite as far as recruitment with staff it's um, it's all very well to go and put a you know a nice imported Mcella beer or you know whatever it may be a, a rogue or something like that on tap anyone can go and buy a keg but you know the difference between just putting it on tap and actually being able to engage with the customer and make it work is' um, it, 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 what we've put the hard yards in to make it work so it's been as i said it, we couldn't just go and turn it on upside down on its head we've had to gradually um creep from one probably started um with one tap that we we just rotated around with different things and, and sort of see what worked and what was the what was approachable for people so taking him a little bit um you know a step further than than the cooper's Pale and um, and basically, the the way we've gone about it is every time a mainstream beer became our worst selling beer, then it, it, it went. Um, the first casualty of well, that was BB. BB became our worst selling beer out of um, out of. You know, we've got ten taps, or we've got ten taps and uh, and a hand pump now. But at the time with our ten draft beer taps, whenever, whenever a mainstream beer became it was basically the rule of thumb that I use, if it, it became our worst selling beer, then it didn't warrant being here. So and and that's where we've got to, and, and the same rule uh, has applied across the board. When you, when you talk about, you know, Newcastle is very much a, a two-ease town. It's, um, you know, have, Well, two-ease old was invented yeah. there, wasn't it? It would
0: have been a huge day when uh, when, when you punted that off the, uh, the Yeah, the that's
2: right. Look, and, and, you know, to be honest, i probably still, you know, it's probably not a week go by where I don't cop a little bit of flack from someone about that. You know, how can you not have two-ease old on tap, you know, in Newcastle? It's sort of Expecting you get, like you know, close sort of, um, you know, with Vegemore. That's what they expect. But um, it's, you know, the facts of it are is that we've never sold more beer here at this hotel ever. And and since we went from two years old, we're, we've you know we've tweaked around with a couple to see which one works, and we've settled with um, with White Rabbit Dark Ale as our as our dark everyday offering. And uh, you know, at the moment we've got a couple of different dark beers one, well, but that's the one that's our stable that we we basically use as our dark our dark um, ale for every day. And we're doing triple the volume that we were of two years old. So, you know, they're, they're the facts of it. And I can, you know, I can wear someone sort of giving me a bit of a, a bit of a touch-up about it and thinking that it's, you know, it's just not on and it's it's on Australian or whatever they want to call it when, they, when they're not happy about it. But the facts are that we, in that tap that used to be two years old, we now do uh, triple the volume. So, so Corey, uh, yeah. does that
1: indicate, in a nutshell, do you reckon, have you drawn or attracted a, a, a more discerning and higher volume clientele, or have you um, still got the same kind of punters, but you just introduced them to, um, to to better beer? So like the, the old blokes, presumably, have found plenty of other pubs in, in Newcastle to, to go and if they really needed two is old. But what, what about the others? What about the, so you've got three times the volume in that, just in that one tap alone. Does that mean you've got three times as many people coming in or the the same people who were coming in before, but they're they're just drinking better.
2: Yeah, look, it's it's probably a combination, Pete. I think there, we, we we have, you know, and that's pretty much what I've we've, we've tried to convert people, you know, as we all sort of have the little saying one by one. And but yep. So we have we have cannibalised some of that market that were our two years old drinkers. We probably um, we probably lost a few too that um, you know well, I know that that are not you know they'll just if we don't have two years old and. They don't they don't like anything else but um it's it's also yeah it's it's it has we've created a, a different a different clientele we're, we you know it's certainly become a destination point um yeah we're, we're pretty well located here in Newcastle we're opposite the you know opposite the marina at the end of the harbor so we're we're basically uh, you know right at next door to the CbD we we're, we're only you know a few hundred meters from what they classify yeah. as the cbd but We've become that destination point for for a couple of you know guys, and, and I won't say guys because that's stereotyping. We sell a lot of craft beer to females, so they they'll go out of their way to to make sure they come past here for their two beers of the afternoon of something they really enjoy, and and you know and savour the flavour and drinking it for the for the taste and the experience, not so much for the effect. So it, it has made you know, it's made all our lives that, that, you know involved with the hotel easier because um you know from a you know, a demographic and clientele point of view, it's certainly, it's um, you know, and I think there's a lot to be learned to be passed through as an education point of view. That, that uh, it's probably a message that craft beer does um, doesn't quite um, get out there strong enough. That generally, the, the the people who are you know wanting to enjoy a craft beer are really enjoying it for the flavour, for the you know, for, for the whole experience, and they're not so much there swelling them, and even though, as we you know, as we we're all aware, that uh, most craft beers are not uh, could be quite a lot stronger in alcohol than your, your mainstream um, draft beers. So it's um, yeah, it certainly does. It, it it's changed the ambience. You know, it's it's become that destination. So they are going out of their way to come here. So look, you know, we've all got three times the amount of people, we we're, we're certainly selling more beer than we ever had. Um, we're trading better than we have, but we're also we have cannibalised our wine market. We used to, uh, it, it was a bit of a focus, and particularly on our, our local region, the Hunter region, we had a, a fairly extensive yeah. wine list of about 120. So, um, a big part of what we do here is, you know, we basically set ourselves as, as, as a gastro pub and food's the focus. So, where they were having a, a bottle or a glass of wine with a meal, we're now selling you know, a, a, a nice craft beer and um, that the people are sharing so it might be the the six hundred meal or the seven fifty meal that they're paying forty or fifty dollars for and and happy to and you know save that and enjoy that with their meal rather than a bottle of wine so yeah it's 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 certainly it's it's it created it gave us a whole new um image and a whole new perception of what people think about what the Albion hotel is there seems to be a bit of a view amongst
0: uh, you know big X god love them you know the the guys that are full on converts that are always looking for the next interesting um beer and also some of the 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 craft brewers it's just a matter of a publican saying i want to turn my place into a craft beer venue and uh you know getting rid of uh the mainstream beers and throwing craft beer on and everything will work out fine is it that simple or is it a little bit more about you know being doing it cleverly yeah
2: look i think there's there is a little bit more to it than that um but there there's a little bit more to it you know I hear a lot of time, obviously with what I'm doing, a lot of people I know and associated with different things have have hotels, and a lot of them say, "Oh, look, it just won't. We can't tell, it. Doesn't work for us." But you go in there and have a look at their taps, and um, yeah, you know, yes, some of them, a lot of them may have Coopers, but that's it. You know, when the rest are extra dry, and you ask how much of that you sell, so, you know, they barely do a keg a week. Well, why not use one of those taps? Um, you know, to obviously, you know, the, the old scenario there you can't if you don't have it you know don't range it you can't sell it so a lot of them are saying we, it won't work for us but they're not even trying so uh it's very hard to you know to, to have that opinion that you, it won't work for you but as I alluded to earlier I think you know having the, the staff behind it as well has to work I, I have been into um you know, plenty of venues where they've, where they've tried and they've, they might have one or two you know that I'd, I'd like to try on tap, and, and go up and you ask the, the girl, the guy behind the bar, what do you think? Oh, that's terrible. It's, I think it's, you know, I think it's off. It tastes terrible. Well, it's probably never. Whilst you have staff, and that's the attitude, it's never going to work. It doesn't matter you know, how much you probably invest in, And that's where we've started from the, uh, you know, from the ground up. It's been that that process that it has to be one in all, in, you know, it's all, all going to be singing the same song and. Uh, that doesn't mean that I have to expect, you know, just, you know, as we speak, I'm printing it, reprinting our beer list, which has now hit over 200 beers. I don't expect my staff to know exactly about everything about every, every one of those beers. And, um, but I, I do expect them to have an opinion on styles and different things. And, and even if it's their own opinion, they, they prefer because most of our, most of our consumers are looking for that, for that engagement. They're not just walking up to the bar and saying they're schooner a you. Schooner they're actually you know, generally picking up our, you know, our 30 odd page beer list, having a flick through and asking what are, you know, um, they're, um, they're looking for that engagement. They want, they want to know, what do you think? What do you like? And, and have you tried this? And, and we're, you know, the other, the other thing that works for us, we're, we're, and I'll, I'll say to all my staff, don't be scared to, you know, we're, we're more every constantly, all day, splashing a bit of, you know, a bit of whatever different or new on tap in a glass and say, here, have a taste. Um, you know, there's no, there's no, um, that way they can, they can, you know, they don't like it. They can turn around and say, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like that one or whatever. And, um, and then, you know, we're, when we get to the point, which, you know, we're very close to him and, and we take to his new off tap, then we will still have a lager offering. You know, we can't expect that not every, you know, we only got to look at what the percentage of craft beer is. And we know the answer that it's not, we, we're probably the minority who enjoy to drink the beers we do, but We'll have a lager, which will, you know, again, a lean towards, um, you know, where we are here in Newcastle, the local want to be the Hunter Colch. So, which is a, you know, a very well built beer that non-offensive, easy drinking. And, and that'll be when the bloke walks in and asks for a scooter and you a newer VV, then we'll splash that in the glass. Say, look, sorry, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't offer, um, you know, we focus on craft beers. This is our lager. Have a taste. It, you know, maybe we'll cop one out of 20 that'll just think that's, you know, it's ridiculous and, but no look, I've, I've never really seen anyone walk out. At the end of the day, they'll end up trying something. And, um, you know, we've, we've used a few of the, a few beers, uh, been pretty important with what we've done getting people across, you know, the, the James Squire and the Matilda Bay brands, which, um, some elements of the craft beer community start thinking, hey, well, they're, you know, they're, they're not craft beer. Well, what they've got to realise, they're very important beers to, to grow the market. They, they are the ones that they recognise more. They are the ones that have been around longer. And uh, at the end of the day, when the punter walks in, they, they see it as craft beer. So they have been important, very important ones for us to, um, you know, I, I call them conversion beers that we can, you know, some that not, not going to blow their head off. They're not going to take them way outside the box of where they're, what they're used to. But they, um, you know, they've certainly got a little bit more going on and, and they can be, you know, we've, we've got plenty of guys that are, you know, previously may well have been the two-eyes-old drinker or the VV drinker that we no longer arrange that have maybe then moved on to a, went to Cooper's and went to a, a Squire's, a Squire's Pale, something like that. And now they're, you know, we're, we're stepping in and they're having some big IPAs. And now we've got a McKellar Texas Ranger, the uh, chili chocolate porter on at the moment. We've got blokes that a year and a half ago were mainstream drink, beer drinkers loving it. So
0: it's, um... Well, I'll just jump in there because you, you did raise something um, talking about splashing a bit of something in a glass and uh, giving it uh, to, to the punter to try. Um, when I was down last uh, September, was it, for the Newcastle uh, Beer Festival, yeah. um, that was something that really impressed me uh, w- w- with your staff. Um, I walked in and you know I was just actually taking in the expanse of the taps and looking at what was there. Um, and the staff member that served me took that for hesitation, um, which obviously she gets that look of bewilderment a little bit um, as, as people walk in off the street, not sure quite what they've entered, um, seeing the array of taps that they wouldn't recognise. She saw it as a hesitation, straight away said, you know, what sort of beer do you like and started, you know, offering uh, little samples. Uh, and... I thought I was really impressed with that because I've also I've seen other venues where the staff member couldn't care. Um, And you know, I I suspect that if they've got an eight tap installation, that's got four craft beers and four fairly mainstream beers, their mainstream beers would sales would be going through the roof because if somebody's confronted with four taps that they don't know and four that they do know, they'll just default, default to the four that they do know, and with enough people doing that, you're going to sell a lot of mainstream beers, and some publicans would just say, gee, this craft beer, I don't know what it's, what, what they're talking about, no one's buying it. But, it, you know, it was really your staff that, uh, were, were very impressive. How important do you see staff in making your venue a success as craft beer? Uh, it's,
2: I think it's the catalyst, man. I think without it, it's, it's exactly like that scenario you're saying. It, it, it just, um, and, and it can be, and it can, you know, go the other way where it can really damage it, where, like I was saying, you know, I've been in plenty of places and I'm sure you have yourself and you go, oh, what's, what's this one like? And they turn around and go, no, I don't think it's any good. I mean, it's, I think they've got, a... I I just had a taste before. It's horrible. Um, well, you know, if you, if you understand that beer and you know what it is, and you might, it might be what you're going to order. But if you're someone who's looking, you know, in the process of experimenting with new beers and someone says that to you, then, well, you're not going to turn around and say, well, well, I'll have one of those. Um, you know, having, having, like I said, it's, it, you can't expect it's just, uh, you know, to find um, the staff out there that are going to come to you, you know, particularly you know, here in Newcastle, it's, uh, yeah. you know, we've had to pretty much build, you know, they've got to have an interest and, and it's, you know, when I have people that are either replying to uh, to adverts or, or just dropping in a resume, then it's seems, you know, it's, it's topic number one. You know, what do you know about craft beer? Do you, have you... You're interested in it. I don't expect you to know everything, but do you have an interest? And um, you know, without that, then it's it's not going to work. And, and you know we've got females who work here that used to, you know, they drink vodka cruisers, and all of a sudden, you know, they're really understanding hefeweizens and and getting into you know even some lambics and all different. You know, realizing the complexities and the flavors of a beer. And that's why you know with food, it just um, Everyone, you know, it's been banged on for years about food and wine. Um, firstly, you know, we're incorporating, every time we redo our menu now, we're incorporating more and more beer into our, into our dishes. And, um, you know, we, we are going away. We'll still probably host a couple of wine dinners through this year, but, um, basically we're doing monthly dinners. We've got our first one, uh, Thursday with Stone Wooden Little Creatures. And it was one we're probably going to keep around about 70 to 75, and we're up over 100. So that's, Pretty much out of our, you know, this, we don't, no external advertising, it's just basically from, from internal. So that gives you, you know, an understanding of who our, who our customers are. And, and probably, I think to get back to something earlier, when it was basically when we got to the point I was saying, every time something mainstream became our worst seller, it went. Well, about, I would say 18 months ago now is where we got to the point where we were. You know, I sort of realised. Well, now we're preaching to the converted. You know, we we were selling more craft than we were mainstream. Which, from that point, particularly the last 12 months, is where I've. You know, the the risk factors have, uh, have got lower. It, you just, you know, if you if you're still it was still 80% of your your business, then, you know, you're almost committing a little bit of business suicide to think, hey, I'm just going to turn this on its head. But when we got to the point where we we're preaching to the converted, it, it, we were selling more craft than mainstream. That's when we really ramped it up and started doing some really interesting things. Like, um, you know, we've had, um, some imported beers that we sell $14 for a 330 mil. And you know, if you asked me you know, three years ago when I got here, did I think that would be possible? The answer probably would have been a straight no. Oh geez, that'll take me a year to get rid of that keg, but we'll put something like that on and it's gone in, gone in two or three days. So it's, um, it's yeah, certainly, and, and people, you know, it's, it's we keep, you know, we try and, I think another key is, is you know, social media these days and our website. Um, whenever we change a tap, it gets tweeted. And obviously, took, as you know, Twitter's a, a big part of the Australian craft beer community. And, and just, I think it was this morning, Benny from Bridge Road or grab hold of that. We've got this summer IPA that gets retweeted, and that certainly, certainly helps. It was uh, last Monday we had a, two young guys from Nuremberg um, in Germany. Who were spending a month in Australia? they would flown into Melbourne, were flying out of Brisbane, and went into a, a bar. They couldn't remember the name of it, which doesn't didn't help me to try and thank the guys. But uh,
3: <laughs> went into a bar
2: in Melbourne and and said that what they would, you know they love their beer and they were doing an East Coast trip and were told make sure you go to the Albion Hotel in Newcastle. And these guys you know come and spent two days here and were just you know just blown away. They they even you know in Germany considered probably the you know the beer capital of the world, but very. Very, uh, focused on their, on what they do, you know, just German focused, and it just blew, blew them away to see some beers on our list from a brewery that, you know, a, a kilometre away from their home. So it was, uh, yeah, it, look, and those sort of things, you know, it, it's very pleasing to see that what you're doing does, uh, you know, excites people and, and, and makes them go out of their way to come and, you know, enjoy what we're, what we're, we're trying to achieve.
0: I mean, that's, Great. You've uh, created this real little uh, oasis um, for, for craft beer in Newcastle. How much of that is because you've been the first guy, you've uh, sort of made a success of it first up. If, you know, 700 metres down the road, another place opens up trying to do the same thing, is the market big enough for that? Or you know, do you have, is what you've built created on shaky ground if, if there is competition, if the tap house decides to expand into Newcastle, for example?
2: No, look, I'm... Um Yes, we had a story running our local, local Herald here, uh, a month or so ago about, um, James Squire opening a little, a little, uh, bar down in, uh, on the waterfront and people say, oh, you must, you know, be worried that that opens. But look, I personally, I, I think our market is big enough and I think we've got, it, it is, Newcastle is a bit of a craft beer. It's a bit probably un, unknown, but it's a bit of a, a craft beer hub, you know, as uh, they're fortunate to, you know, being have been for, for years to have Warners at the Bay, um, you know, Mark and his guys there. And 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 again, the same the same principles are what what we're doing here. It's out there, you know, they've got 1,100 beers, which is the biggest and biggest in Australia, and just you know, recently won the won an award recognising that. But again, they, you could put 1,100 beers in any bottle shop without the without the guys being passionate about it and and, and being able to have that engagement with the customer. It doesn't mean you're going to sell them. Um, it...
0: That's something else that I've noticed. Uh, you know, last year um, you were behind creating the Newcastle Craft Beer Festival. Um, it was on the back of the highly successful Warner's Festival that the brewers seem to want. It's one of the events that brewers want to go ahead. You uh, pretty much drove the whole thing with Mark um, from Warner's. You know, the, the the two of you and you sort of dragged everyone else along. And I noticed that you were the 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 guy that was out, even though you had your own events too. Promote. You were the guy that was out promoting the events for a whole lot of other hotels. That would technically be your competition.
2: Yeah. Look, and, and that probably you know answers your question. There is that I I do think, and that was about I, I could have you know whether you want to call it greedy or whatever, but it, basically the whole concept of Newcastle Craft Beer Week was was my own little baby, and I I didn't want it just to be a something that's the Albion Hotel and Mourners at the Bay. I, I wanted to basically I, I think the more people that are aware and the more people that are trying craft beer that um, you know, the better it is for us you know, from a business point of view because it is what we're all about and it was about pushing you know, in all we had 11 venues involved and those other so the exception of us two, so the other nine venues are all ones that I know that you know, some are already dipping their toe at, um, and experimenting to different levels but the other ones that probably aren't doing as much I know that it'll work for them and it was about trying to open their eyes and and and, it, and from that point it has, you know, there's a lot of those venues that maybe every now and then put put a, a squires on or done something, but generally it was basically you know mainstream offering. So they're now doing, you know, the guys from, you know, that probably gain most of so the the rocks guys from Sydney, though I know they've picked up a few taps in those venues and uh, you know four pines and different things. So it certainly has, you know, which is which is what it was about. So um, yeah, there's a there's a big home brewing community in, in Newcastle, bigger than anywhere in Australia. And in fact, so, you know, that obviously, you know, the guys that are brewing at home generally aren't going out to the pub on a Friday night looking for a, you know, what's the latest offering from Foster's. It's, um, you know, they are looking for things that are different and, and it was about trying to get those guys, like I say, when they go, oh, it won't work for us. Well, you know, unless you have a go, how do you know? And, you know, I, I, personally, I think the, the big factor why, um, you know, craft beer is the percentage in, in the marketplace what it is, is because it's not it isn't giving its its fair share of space um yeah i'm not sure that it's it's going to work what we're doing here in every pub or in, you know, i'm certain it wouldn't but i'm sure that uh, you know if, if every every venue and every pub in australia or and again some towns are probably not going to work at all but those are in in the uh, in the metro areas if everyone gave up one or at least, uh, you know, at least one or maybe two taps that they can float around with. I'm sure that they'll, they'll be, um, right up there battling against the, their best selling beers as far as volume goes because, uh, the, the Australian, the Australian, um, consumer is, is, is in a, a point where they are, they're experimenting. They're, they're willing to, to step up and take a, a little bit more flavour and a, you know, they're curious and a big part of, you know, we try and, uh, Use our beer list as an educational tool. It's, it's a lot of information in there. It's I think it's basically 40 pages maybe now. And but there's you know when it gets through and you go through the different styles, we're, we're trying to uh, you know, and people people you know, sort of um, they say knowledge is power. They like to know things and they you know, they feel important if they they walked away and guys will walk away. Hopefully they're just learning about new beers when they visit the Albion and. And, uh, and and have some more information that
1: they didn't have when they walked in so yeah i think you touched on a, a really important point there too corey is that um for you know new players in the market who, or you know people who want to perhaps look at getting into craft beer it's it's could be as simple as just one or, or two taps um or even you know a handful of six packs in the fridge uh and, and just sort of marketing them um and it's all i mean You know, without blowing sunshine up your skirt, but it's a perfect example of how uh yeah, there are no such thing as bad soldiers, just bad generals. And it's so it's kind of like the the person running the place, if they're inspired, if they're passionate, if they're wanting to share this with their with their crew, the crew will sort of follow. You can't you can't afford to sort of rely on your one or two good bartenders to um to be doing all the selling for you. You need to be sort of encouraging them and giving them the tools that they need. And that's obviously, you know, it's worked pretty well for you. Hopefully some other um pubs in the region can you know take a like a snippet of um yeah. of your success of the recipe if you like and say yeah let's let's try one tap and just make it a you know a i don't know a discount tap you know make it a bit cheaper or, or uh uh you know if we offer loyalty points or you know frequent drinker you know programs or whatever then you know this gets extra points or you know you get, you get a free coaster or something just to sort yeah, of well, know, to it, kick it off and
2: look, i think the big slackers is- in the marketplace of, of restaurants, restaurants and cafes. And, and if you've, and, and 90% would have a good wine list. You know, you can yep. read their wine list and you can tell that they've, they've engaged their suppliers, their reps, and they've, they've put a fair bit of effort into it, looking at different regions and doing all this and, and put a good wine list together and, um, and probably works for them, probably works for them really well. But then you get, you flip it over and here's the beer list and it's, you know, they've, they've run a trolley down the, Dan Murphy's for uh, 15 minutes and grab an extra dry and other well, you know but, but we've got Heineken yeah we got Heineken, you know, do you have do you have any good beers so it's you know those are the guys as well that but, but maybe it's a thing for you know hopefully we can get a unified body and be out there sending these messages because I think it's an education thing um, that's you know, they probably don't quite understand that um, but they won't, you know. A you, lot of these restaurants will allow you to BYO wine as well. But if you tried to, you know, you walked in with a nice, um, a nice bottle of uh, Nongyang or something to as a BYO because they don't have it, then most, you know, most of the time you won't even be allowed to open it. But, um, that's frowned and, and on. That's yeah, the same yeah. most. Yeah, most pubs are the same, and they, you know, really good, really good wine list, and you know, the beer list is almost empty. But Thank you very much for
0: for joining us. I guess so. Uh, the one thing is, what's uh, planned for good? Oh, well, Newcastle Beer Week this year, when and where is uh, it? Look,
2: I was debating about changing the changing the date, but um, yeah, it looks like we're going to continue with the with that last week of November. Um, yeah, currently it's sort of you know, thereabouts of close to some other dates. It doesn't quite clash, and um, yeah. The, Good time of the year for weather, and obviously it is beer, beer um, festival season that time of year. But uh, I think we're going to, yeah, hang in there with that with that time of the year and, and trying to uh, do it bigger and better. I've uh, yeah got some ideas about how we can try and um, probably capture a bit more of a tourist attention for Newcastle. Um, looking at some sites there, and yeah, getting all the guys together who were involved last year, and whether I keep the same venues, those that. Yeah, you know, really, we really drove it and got behind it for sure. But, um, yeah, I think we can, uh, it was a great week and, um, yeah, you got a lot of, a lot of feedback from, from a lot of different channels about, you know, how, how, you know, good a time I had and, and thought it was fantastic. And, you know, some people who were involved and, and helped us out, uh, you know, can't wait to get back again and, and do it all again. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've, uh, I'm sure we can, yeah hoping I've seen a few stuff for our Twitter and uh, Facebook sites for it from from other parts of uh, you know from Melbourne and Brisbane. Uh, some people I don't know, but I'm saying yeah, we are definitely going to have to book in for next year. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, keen to uh, to get down to Melbourne as well during um, Good Beer Week and maybe source a few uh, ideas from that as well. So yeah.
0: Well, be sure to keep us posted here at uh, Brews News because. Uh we thought it was a great event uh, last year, didn't we, Pete? Pete and no, I were uh, yeah, yeah. down for it, and you may have to, to You may uh, you might
1: need to look at extending the uh, the pub if you if you plan on fitting any more people in next year, though.
2: Yeah, and look, and that is, uh, you know, that's that is our biggest issue here. It's, it's probably not a bad problem to have, but it, it is that uh, space. That uh, plenty of times is, uh, yeah, a, just don't have enough. So even you know, with our first beer dinner for the year, and it's yeah. Again, we're we're turning we're turning people away, but it's uh, yeah we we've got some plans for that, and hopefully, yeah, in, the, in the foreseeable future, we'll also have a little our own little uh, micro brewery happening happening on site. So
0: very exciting. All right, guys. Well, mate, thank you very much for joining us on Radio Brews News, um, and congratulations on all you've achieved in Newcastle, Newcastle, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, we'll get to have a beer with you again uh, in real life. Uh, one day soon. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Pete. Good on you, Corey. Thanks, Corey. No worries, Pete. And that was Corey Crooks. And, Prof, I tell you what, uh, mate, I'm, I'm not uh, too bad on the ramble. Um, you know, when I've got a thought in my head, I uh, like to see it till the end. And uh, Corey's a bit the same man who loves his beer and loves to talk about it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Got to admire the guy's passion. Uh, and I'd say it's, it's, it's a tougher gig than you think when you, you know, for anyone who knows anything about Newcastle, and I'd certainly um, urge any of our listeners who are. Anywhere near, you know, if you're on your way to the Hunter, you know, Valley for a for a holiday, or you find yourself up that way, make a point of popping in and, and checking the place out because it's it's an old style pub. It's not a you know uh, a trendy inner Melbourne, uh, you know, I think Brunswick East, Fitzroy Northcote kind of vibe, or um, you know, it's 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 just what it is. But there's just these taps, um, and it's bringing in a crowd. It's giving them something a bit different. Uh, and like he says, it's he's close to the marina, so there's you know you probably get a little bit of tourist trade and that sort of thing. And to be able to give them something a, a bit different than, to what they can get in you know any other pub in any other tourist destination is is a great
3: thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, and look, last year was a uh, you know we, we talk about epiphany beers, but it was a bit a bit of an epiphany year for me because I'd always you know I was one of these guys that used to rail loudly and uh, jump on my soapbox against. Things like beer contracts, Um, but it was last year. You know some of the things that uh, Steve um, Jeffers uh, had said, um, you know about beer contracts, and pointing out that you know nobody makes the publican. You know nobody makes the publicans take it. It's their choice, and you know it's not necessarily the big brewers who are splashing the cash around, but sometimes it's the publicans. And uh, it was meeting a guy like Corey, um, who, as you said, tough market. Um, He's passionate about craft beer and he can make it work but then you know i'm seeing a lot of guys who are starting to get involved in craft beer um in in, in hotels who don't have that passion don't have the knowledge themselves and you know i worry that they might be setting themselves up to fail um you know, i was in one little place recently that's got some uh, craft beers on sorry about
1: that noise i'm just i'm just
0: setting up the soapbox go on yeah, yeah. oh no no <laughs> It's not a soapbox, but, you know, just you see it. And I, was, I walked into one the other day just as a young bloke walked up to the bar and said, oh, mate, what's that uh, What's that whale ale thing? And the the guy behind the bar goes, oh, it's a pale ale. It's really, really pale ale. <laughs> and I was just like grimacing. Well, yeah, I mean, those two adjectives can be applied to the beer, but it, not it in comes, any stylistic way. It comes in way. a
1: glass. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was, it was a little bit like that you think oh geez you know good on you for good on you for giving it a go but you know if a little bit like when uh, craft breweries set up and fail and you know everybody jumps on the craft beer brewing wagon um and there's some dreadful beer or uh you know guys that aren't quite ready for it they fall over and it leaves a um pall over the, the whole idea of craft beer that sets yep. it back and i sort of worry that some venues that just jump it on seat is the next thing, um, not realizing that you can't just, you know, whack up some decals on your taps and yeah, have, some posters and um, fancy glasses. By the barrel. Yeah, and say
1: we're a craft beer venue. And, and look, you, you, would, yeah. you wouldn't get you wouldn't you wouldn't walk into a wine bar and say, Mate, what what's that what's that uh you know, that German Riesling like? Oh mate, it's pale. You know, it's it's Riesling. Yeah, you kind of... know? It's 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 made from, it's
0: made from grapes. Call... <laughs> <You know? laughs> but that's the thing, you know most uh, suburban you know diners or you know, restaurants who you know have a wine list would have fairly you know generic names ones that people would recognize it's it's the fine dining with expert wait staff who can put on something a little bit more exotic and so when someone says oh what's this you know, I've never heard of it before he can speak knowledgeably about well you know so and I'm not going to even pretend to have any sufficient knowledge of wine to to talk about it but when someone comes in and says, Oh, what's that, uh, you know, angry man pale ale you've got there? Um, the waiter needs to be able to give that quick five second summary and says, Well, if you've tried Little Creatures, it's like this, it's the same style of beer, maybe a little bit more bitter or maybe a little bit more this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To give the uh, diner the reassurance rather than just go, Oh, yeah, mate, it's, oh, geez, it's got a lot of flavor um, <laughs> because that just doesn't work and it just sets up the uh, venue to struggle a little bit. And if enough venues, start with craft beer and fail i think it has the ability to uh, set back so anyway I mean, all, yeah maybe that was a bit of a soapbox but it was all all to say you know all power to Corey 40s achieved down there yeah exactly and and to continue
1: now, the regional theme we're going from the yes. the newcastle uh you know hunter valley region to uh, just uh, a couple of hours north of melbourne region of ballarat for a bit of a follow-up next
0: yeah, we've had a bit of a, you know... According to my notes, anyway. are going to start anyway. thinking that the um, the yeah, the Ballarat Beer Festival, uh, they must have slipped us a huge wad of cash. We've given them a bit of a, a run, you know, late last year and this year. And, uh, yeah, we wanted to speak to Simon Coghlan, one of the organisers, just to get a bit of a follow-up. They do not sponsor Brews News. Um, and I should point out that Corey Cooks... Um, <laughs> and the, the, the Albion has started advertising on Bruce News but that we would teed this up we, we had teed up before um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah got a got a fil- swimming through you know a, a, a sea of filthy Luca. Um but <laughs> uh, people just keep offering yeah, us money no. <laughs> <laughs> the, well unfortunately they're not but anyway we, we, we don't want to go there again but now Simon uh, you know we both really liked what they did with the uh, beer festival this year taking you know Taking it out to a less than stellar, you know, what's more like a beer desert, setting it up, you know, not being the most, you know, avant garde beer geek festival, but a real outreach, um, festival to sort of get punters in, show them good beer, engage families. And, uh, so yeah, we, we, we've had a couple of write ups on, on the site from guys that were there. Um, we're going to run a write up from your perspective, um, with this uh, podcast um, in the show notes. Yep. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to catch up, see what they how, how they'd gone starting a, a festival like this from scratch. And uh, so, without me telling you what Cory or uh, what um Simon Simon may or may not say, let's how about we uh, jump on and have a quick chat to Simon Coglin. Let's do that. And yes, we're joined by Simon Coglin, one of the organisers behind the Ballarat Beer Festival. Just a find out a little bit more about how, how it went and uh, what their plans are for next year. Simon, welcome back to Radio Brews News. Morning, Matt.
1: Morning, Cleet. Thanks very much for having me. I, I hope you feel suitably um, uh, honoured that there are very few people who have uh, either chosen to or been invited to come back and, uh, and do a repeat performance <laughs> on, on Brews News. So this is, this is a, put this up there with you know any sort of hotelier awards or anything else or, or accolades that you've received for the oh, beer festival. Well,
3: c- thank you. I, I certainly will. We're, uh, you know, I suppose you go into these things with your eyes wide open and, and uh, it's, you know, we're delighted how it turned out and we're we're even more thrilled with, um, I suppose, the feedback that we've gathered so far from those who participated and those that um, just came along to enjoy the day.
0: Now, talking about that, do you have a final figure for how many through the gate? Because I know that it was a, a, a complete sellout.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Look, we I haven't got a completely accurate figure because... The reality of the situation was we were licensed to 5,000. We pre-sold 3,000 tickets. Up to uh, when tickets pre sale stopped the night before the event. Um, the next day we were sort of thinking we'd probably get it. You know we were hoping we'd get another thousand, uh, and I think we went really close to the 5,000. So we, we pulled up stumps uh, at a point where we knew that I suppose the people in there. We you know the vision the, the, the overall. Um, I suppose desire all along was to make sure the people in there had a really enjoyable day, uh, you know, rather than just let everyone in and then it becomes a bit of a bunfight.
0: A couple of the brewers weren't quite prepared for the numbers you got through. I
3: understand. Ah, uh, look, it's a very satisfying um, result for us because I think um, you know, look, we're very grateful for the support that we were given by uh, all the brewers who came along, and you know, in the beginning, I think a lot said oh look here Ballarat you haven't done it before first time event you know how much will we take we'll take this much and a lot of them ran out some of them ran out at two o'clock I think of the 21 brewers we had nine still had beer at about six thirty seven o'clock so uh it's certainly a, a good result but um they're they're coming back and I know they're going to bring a lot more beer next year
1: yeah Simon I think the the feedback generally was uh was was absolutely glowing. The event was, uh, and, and this is without meaning to sort of blow any sunshine up your skirt, but it was beautifully organised in terms of, um, look, I'll, I'll give you an, an example that, that the, the listeners might sort of be able to relate to. Uh, when we, we got there, I came up on the uh, the Tap House bus from the, the local Tap House in St Kilda, and we arrived about one one thirty 1.30ish, uh, all sort of ready to go. And there's volunteers have come out to sort of look after us, and that sort of thing. I think, gee, seen this this volunteer i've recognized her from somewhere and it was lindal pond who is sort of i guess one of the key yeah you, she's like you know judges,
3: so uh, yeah. yeah
1: look it was all and that really down. that yeah that really said to me that these guys are pretty serious about not just um creating an event and then just kind of hoping it you know it, it goes okay and then looking at it afterwards and and doing a bit of a debrief these guys are actually like you know at the coalface um and actually in in their, you know making sure that okay, I want to see exactly what happens you know so when buses arrive or when we get big queues yeah. or you know what sort of happens and then the next person I met was um uh, selling uh tokens in the token booth and it was um your offside tim
3: yeah absolutely well look I mean our, our objective all along was to um you know to try and deliver an event that we uh, you know had conjured up uh, in our in our minds with all our planning and I think the best way to do that is really to you know is to be there as you say on the coal face and getting your hands dirty so Look, as I said, we we learned a lot of um, we learned a lot of lessons along the way. Uh, the over the overall uh, feedback was terrific. We did learn some pretty valuable lessons, um, you know, through throughout the day, which will apply to uh, next year and beyond. Um, I suppose the main thing, really, for us was, I mean, I think we did uh, the volunteers did an extraordinary job, given we probably had somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred, you know, maybe even more people than we actually expected. Um, so, you know, they, we had guys that were rostered to do four-hour shifts that pulled eight-hour shifts without a break because, the, the you know, the queues were relentless. Um, but, you know, having said that, I think everyone was there. They, they understood, um, you know, that it was a... You know, the event was being tremendously supported. So the the atmosphere was great, and I, I heard very few groans and grumbles about, um, you know, sort of queuing.
1: Yeah. Were there any other areas... You know, let's knock it out of the, the way to start off with... Um, uh, the sort of areas for improvement?
3: Look, I think um, really the, just the logistics side of it, um, obviously I think second year round we'll be able to pre sell a lot more tickets because people will understand that it's going to be a, a really good event, um, which will mean that we'll have a better idea of what we need. Uh, from the entrance perspective, I know some people queued an hour and a half, you know, I've, I've heard figures at two hours, whether or not they're accurate or not, um, to get in because, as I said, our objective was to make sure the people in there had a good experience. So... It was a bit like the old nightclub where it was one in, one out, um, mm. you know, for a while, uh, and that was to make sure that the people that had paid the money and come on in, and also the people that had, you know, shown faith in us and pre-purchased tickets were being looked after and not being swamped by a whole lot of people that just decided to rock up on the day. So, look, you know, I, I think sort of moving forward, there's, a, you know, we, we, we're doing, we're still doing the debrief, it's still going, um, you know, obviously having enough resources there to supply. Everyone, I know the brewers will, um, because it was such a good day for them, will probably bring more staff, more beer, you know, and be able to service um, the numbers, uh, you know, uh, more effectively. Uh, next year, uh, we had a lot of guys who I don't think, I think underestimated the, the size of the event, so they bought a lot of packaged beer. And sh- I have never seen more, more rubbish to get rid of at the end of the day because they thought, oh, look, we'll take a few barrels and a big pack. And we powered through just about everything, so there weren't too many guys that took much home.
0: (laughs) Now, I I guess that's a big question. Going through so much beer, how did you go with the licensing authorities? I know they always keep a very strict eye on these sorts of things to make sure that things are done properly. Um, You had no problems
3: there; they were happy. No, they were great. Look, the licensing inspector uh, in Ballarat was um, really helpful. We worked closely with him, you know, throughout the event or throughout the lead-up to the event. Uh, there was police, you know, there all day during the day. We worked uh, really closely with them, and they were fantastic. Um, and look, I think uh, you know, we were really pleased with the demographic that, that attended the event. It was a really mature group. Um, you know, obviously, when you you have a big event like that, you you certainly are a bit concerned about how they're going to behave. But I think you know, we had one one guy got dragged out, and another guy got asked to leave. And out of uh, other than those two, the other four thousand.
1: You know, seven hundred odd, or however it was, um, you know, behaved impeccably. Simon, so, mean, with the um, uh, talk, going ahead, talking about next year, I noticed on the uh, the, the sort of the, the maps that were, were that were provided, yep. half uh, or two thirds maybe of the oval was used, including the the music stage, the vendors of uh, the food, and then the the actual uh, beer and wine cider exhibitors, yep. and then another sort of arc. Of the oval was laid out in the obviously in the in the disc plan as uh, an evacuation area is that necessary again for next year or could the event expand and use oh, up absolutely the, Look, we've already had oval.
3: conversations with the city of ballarat and they've, they've been just you know wrapped with the uh we see you know the success of the event there are an enormous amount of people came from you know all around the state you know i, I met people from adelaide who came over for the day what well, we you know, stayed the night. That came over for the event. Um, the V Line trains from all report were absolutely packed from Melbourne. So we're going to do a bit of um, uh, collaborative uh, work with V Line next year to make sure that there's there's plenty of extra services. Um, the, the city of uh, said, look, let's let's use the entire oval next year. So look, we'll um, we'll work it. You know, it's going to take a little while to probably develop, but we're we're obviously very focused on maintaining the integrity of the event. We don't want um, to you know, to to lose. I think a lot of people com- commented on the intimacy of it, um, and we don't want to lose the, I suppose, the, the great atmosphere we had by you know by making it too big. Uh, so you know, I think we'll certainly look to offer a number of different things next year. Um, the you know the genuine interest um, by by beer lovers was was very evident. So um, we're going to look at a lot more interactive stuff where you could go into a separate marquee and listen to someone speak. Um, you know about a particular beer or brewing, or uh, yeah, you know, your masterclass, kind of beer and wine. Yeah. yeah, all that exactly. Yeah. Masterclass is the perfect word for it. So, you know, I think that's the, the direction that we'll will develop it in. Um, we're, we're very focused on making sure that the craft beer remains the you know the, the champion of the event. We're not going to sort of get caught up with um, pretending that it's Falls Festival or, or anything like that. So the music will always be you know really good quality, but it will always be a sideline to you know to showcasing the, the craft beer.
1: Yeah, and anecdotal evidence uh, suggests that it uh had the Pope, Pope Benedict arrived, uh he wouldn't have got a, a hotel room in Ballarat. <laughs>
3: <on> <laughs> no, that's that, that was the, that's always the measure with so. tourism when you when you're looking for their support and uh they said it was probably the uh the busiest um or, or you know, basically the highest occupancy weekend that they've had in Ballarat for a number of years. So um I think there was there was also a concert on in Ballarat that weekend, uh, the NXS concert was on. Um, but uh, look, we'd certainly be putting a hand up to take some credit for uh, contributing to that result.
0: Now, mate, we'd love to see festivals like this springing up all over the the, the country, and they're starting to come. Um, you, you're starting to see festivals uh, get going. What advice would you have? That this was your first time out, um, you started from scratch. What advice would you give to other you know, aspiring festival organisers who are trying to uh, get something like this started?
3: The, the two most valuable things that I learned in the lead up to um this event was that there there was 18 months of planning in it um it didn't didn't pop up overnight uh we visited um a number of festivals uh so we went and we walked around as the as the general admin punter and 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 looked at made big lists of you know what we liked about this event and what we didn't like about this event and then we really just matched up you know all of the you know the really good attributes of, of everything that we saw um Look, it, it's a massive amount of work, and uh, you know, so we're really excited going forward. The first year is obviously the hardest because of the amount of infrastructure, and um, or when I say infrastructure, it, it's you know the planning, the you know the websites, all that sort of stuff that went together. Um, you know, we were so lucky to have to have Linda as a partner because she's just fantastic at marketing, and um, you know, has her own her own company and a lot of contacts in Melbourne, and and look, we were able to. Um, you know, forge some great relationships which we hope you know carry forward into the future, but all of those things make an enormous difference. Um, I think you've, you know, look to, to sum up your question, I think you've really just got to do your homework, and then when you think you've done it, you've got to go back and do it again.
1: Simon, I don't want to uh, preempt anything for next year because you may have a rotating roster of uh, stage presenters that uh, and you may have promised it to somebody else, but. Uh, congratulations on the combination of Danny McGinley Curly Waldhorn and Charlie Pickering as the uh, the hosts if you like of, of the event who uh, looked after the, um, the competitions and things on stage and something and uh, just a great rapport between the three of them and I think obviously a little bit of a name so that, that that brings some credibility to the event but at the end of the day they had to deliver and they certainly did
3: yeah, look we were um, over the moon with the, with the combination and how it worked and um... You know, obviously, Kiralee's reputation speaks for itself. Uh, the boys are both great entertainers, and and uh, for us, the the benefit or, or the real the real upside was that they do have a genuine um, interest in in brewing and beer. Uh, so you know, they're not just they weren't just there to perform; they were there to have a great day. And and look, I've spoken to all three of them, and and you know, I don't think it's very often where people say, to you, "Please, please, please, can we come back next year?" So. Look, we're certainly hoping that um, we can have the same lineup next year because uh, look, they loved it. We loved them, and and I think that the, uh, the overall feedback was uh, they did an amazing job. Excellent.
0: Well, look, we look forward to next year. Next year, I hope to get down myself. Um, it was a fairly busy January, but uh, Simon, so, mean, congratulations on, on on what you did go and for bringing a real beer-focused ethic uh, to a, a great day. Um, so yeah, congratulations, and uh, look forward to seeing it again. Uh, Next year? Yeah,
3: terrific. Thanks, guys. I, I we'll um, be updating the website in due course with the dates and things like that. And, uh, you know, obviously, we, with um, I think we'd probably be expecting to have at least twice as many people next year, given the success of the first event. So we'll be putting the call out to all brewers. So uh, if you've got a favourite brewer and uh, and for whatever reason they don't know about the event, make sure you hassle them and, and tell them to, to Google us at, uh, at um, BallaratBeerFestival.com.au and uh, we'd love to have them along because, it's, uh, as I said, the event is all about showcasing all the, the, the wonderful craft beer that's available around our country.
1: And the, uh, the, the beer lovers out there do tend to like to get organised fairly well ahead, and so when they're playing in their calendar of all the different beer festivals that they want to go to, is it going to be round about the same weekend, so the third, second, third weekend January? Yeah, it is. Look, I can date
3: for you, but I, I reckon it's pretty much bang on the same weekend. I think it's the weekend before trade day Long Weekend next year, um, so it'll be the Saturday. It's just going to be a one-day event again. Uh, we're not going to grow too big, um, but uh, that's the that's the event. That's the date that's been locked in, and that's what we'll, we'll certainly be uh, doing all our planning towards.
0: Good on you, Simon. Well done, and uh, thanks for joining us on Radio Bruce News. Thank you very much, lads. Have a great day.
1: Thanks, Simon. You too.
0: Cheers. And that was Simon Coughlin. Um There you go, Prof. Now we, we probably don't need to go too much into your. Uh, thoughts about the festival. We've had a chat about it before and uh, posting your very extensive summary um, with this. So listeners, if uh, if you get this through iTunes, jump online uh, to Bruce News to to get it. Um, so we might, it's been a very long show. Um, we might sail on out of here. Just before we do, usual uh, things. If you like what you hear, share it with your friends. Um, you, you don't have to pay a scads of cash. It's always welcome. Um, if if you wanted to make a donation to the site, um, otherwise you can help us out just by leaving us a review on iTunes. Let people know, help us get the word out there, and uh, keep it going. Apart from that, Prof, anything that you wanted to say?
1: Yeah, keep those cards and letters coming.
0: Because if because if people do want to, um, you know, send us
1: a, a quick email saying, look, I'd love to hear hear you talk to so and so, or I'd love to hear you chase up so and so, or I'd love you to just have a chat about this particular uh, issue or subject. Um, and that's it. Right. We do say here at Bruges News that um, not only is beer a conversation, but it's also a broad church. So it doesn't need to necessarily be, you know, the funkiest, latest barrel aged um, crazy beer. Uh, it, it can be, you know, if you want to, we, we, we often do talk about mainstream sort of beers by uh, by default. You know, it, it's all part of the same sort of thing. And there are plenty of people who listen to us who, who like a range of beers for a range of different occasions. So keep those cards and letters coming. And here's one we prepared earlier,
0: Matt. Yeah, no, here's one I got uh, last year uh, from a fellow called Paul Pacey, who uh, has written us a couple of emails, um, and he just wanted to let the team know that I've been enjoying the podcast of late, they've been entertaining and enlightening for me, I appreciate the work you guys are putting into this, and I hope for more in the future, Um, and then he gives a bit of a a background, he's a Brisbane beer drinker, Um, he talks about some of the venues he's uh, been enjoying, and uh, you know... Then he just says, my craft beer journey began about 12 years ago, drinking Alpha Pale Ale and Bee's Knees at the Masthead Brewery at Sanctuary Cove. So he goes all the way back almost to the last craft beer um, revival. Um,
2: yeah.
0: That was my first brewery tour. Good memories. So I was shattered to learn when they were uh, closing down. It was a few uh, years later that we learned that we could get Alpha again um, at the Stones Corner Hotel. Gee, there's a blast from the past. And, man, did we have a session on it. Sorry to Anton. Thanks uh, for the website and the podcast. So, you know, that, that, that's the sort of thing. It warms the cockles of my heart. And, uh, yeah, if, if you're enjoying what we Makes do, let us know well. as well. Cue the band, Matt. Cue the band. Matt, right, there you go. Something I didn't give you a chance to put on a hat or anything like that. But I'll give it up. It roll out the barrel. Um, let's uh, umpire our way out of here. Always good to chat that's with Rob. Is that on the Rebecca? Yeah, no worries.
1: Thanks. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for tuning in again. Take care. Drink well. Okay.